Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC, day on which we are putting everything else aside to go over Jordan Henderson's interview in The Athletic. I haven't read it yet. It's been sent to me about 35 times this morning. People saying, this is a disgrace. You can't believe he said this stuff. So we're going to go through the interview. And based on what people have said, if you're one of those weird fanboys, you should probably turn off now. We're going to go through the interview. So, Jordan Henderson's transfer from Liverpool to Saudi Arabian Pro League side Al Etifak was one of the most controversial stories of the summer. The Premier League and Champions League winning captain who had long been an advocate for LGBTQ plus rights has been questioned by many for moving in July to play in a country that criminalises homosexuality. Many felt the England International put the vast amount of money on offer from Saudi Arabia ahead of his morals. Henderson has not spoken about the move, but today, for the first time, he explains the thinking behind his decision and answers the criticisms aimed at him. He also discusses his departure from Liverpool. We've decided to run the interview as a transcript below, edited in some parts to avoid repetition, so you can make your own minds up about what you feel about his answers. And you can see how the conversation developed. As with all athletic interviews, no topics were off limit, and neither Henderson, his representatives, nor Aletifak were allowed approval of the words or headline before publication. So the first question to him is from Ornstein. All your preseason preparations appeared to be focused on returning to Liverpool in the Premier League. Henderson, that was very much the case. I had a chat with the manager at the end of the season which is about the season coming up, the players that we were looking to bring in and what his plans were. I went away over the summer and I had an intense period of training to make sure that I was in the best shape possible when I returned to Liverpool. Ornstein, you were Liverpool captain, the man who lifted the Premier League and Champions League trophies. When did that start to change? Was there an approach from the Saudi Pro League? Did Jürgen say you weren't part of his plans? Henderson, There were a few things that sent alarm bells ringing. I've got a very good relationship with Jürgen. He was very honest with me. I won't go into detail about the conversation because it's private, 
but it put me in a position where I knew I wasn't going to be playing as much. I knew there were going to be new players coming in in my position. And if I'm not playing, as anyone will know, especially the manager, that can be quite difficult for me. Now, we'll just pause there. So this guy has kicked up tantrums in the past when left out of the team and caused trouble behind the scenes, caused a bit of an unhealthy environment, which is one of the reasons Klopp routinely would return him to the team, even when others were more deserving. But the fact that Jürgen told him we're signing whoever, at the time I don't think it was going to be Zabozlai, it was probably more likely to be maybe Mason Mount. And Henderson's just turned and run away, refusing to try and battle for his position. Tells you quite a bit. Anyway, I've been at the club for this for so long. I've captained the team for so long, especially when England's a big thing for me. Well, Jordan has always put England over Liverpool. That's always been the case. So you have that. You've got the Euros coming up. And then there was an approach from Al Etifak to the club to see if it would be possible for me to go. The reaction from the club, again, wasn't to say no. So this is the club's fault, apparently. At, at that moment, I felt as though my value or the want for me to stay with the manager and from within the club, maybe it had shifted. I knew that time would come at some point. I didn't think it would be now. And I had to accept it. So the club not immediately turning down the offer bruised your little ego. And you've decided to run away is, is what I'm what I'm taking from this. I've got a very good relationship with Jürgen, with the owners of the club. That'll be forever. What we've achieved together in the past 12 years has been incredible. Not really sure one title, one Champions League, one FA Cup and two League Cups counts as incredible for 12 years. But, you know, it, it's it's good. It was hard for me to take that. So it was hard for you to take the club wanting to improve. That's what you're saying here. It was hard for you to take the club wanting to get better, younger players in and move forward. Nobody told you you weren't part of the plan. You just weren't central to the plan. And because you're an egotist, you couldn't accept that. Okay, so that's where we are now. Adam Crafton, was there part of you that was thinking, I'd just like you to fight for me a little bit, as in fight for me to say to stay? Henderson, if one of those people said to me, now we, wa- no, now we want you to stay, then we wouldn't be having this conversation. But apparently Jürgen did tell him he wanted him to stay. That was widely reported that Jürgen tried to convince him to stay. So that's confusing. And I have to think about what's next for me in my career. Now, that's not to say they forced me out of the club or they were wanting me to leave, but at no point did I feel wanted by the club or anyone to stay. So you wanted to be begged, basically. Ornstein, why did you choose the Saudi offer? Did you have opportunities? Because I think many will, many people will be wondering what the capital, the, what the captain of Liverpool was doing considering that move. Henderson, I'm at the latter stage of my career and I want to be happy playing football. I want to play. I don't want to be sitting on the bench and coming on for 10 minutes in games. So it sounds like what Jürgen said to him was, you're going to take the Milner role. 
that sounds like what he was told. That that's what Jurgen wanted. And I know that would have had an effect on my chances of playing for England again, country over club. Crafton, Liverpool have brought midfielders before when you've been at the club. Thiago Alcantara and Naby Keita, and you've always responded. Well, actually, they just got injured. I kind of kept them in the team, but, you know. There have been times when players come in and I've thought, is Jordan going to be in trouble? And then you've come back stronger each time. Questionable. Were you tempted to think, okay, they're not saying they're desperate to stay, but I'm going to prove them wrong and get back into the team? Henderson, 100%. That was the whole thing about this training regime over the summer. I was working so hard and people saw the shape I came back in. Yeah, because you posted it on your Instagram. But many wondered why you hadn't been in that shape before. Why you hadn't been in that shape your entire career. Why you waited till you were 33 years of age to get into that type of shape. Ornstein, did you consider other options or was it full steam ahead with the al op- uh, approach? <clears throat> Henderson. I think a lot of clubs would have known there was a possibility of me leaving because it was speculated over the summer. It actually wasn't. There was no speculation at all until the al thing came up. I'd love to sit here and tell you that every club under the sun was wanting me, but the reality was they weren't. Understandable. Liverpool is where my kids were born. I've achieved so much. I love the club. I love the fans. And the thoughts of playing against them would have been a different challenge in a different way. And it wasn't something that I felt was right for me. It's a bizarre thing. It's a bizarre thing. Trying to frame you not getting a Premier League move as, oh, I didn't want to play against Liverpool. Like, do us all a favour. Crafton, what would it have been maybe, what if it had been maybe a Brighton or a Brentford, that kind of level? Or was it your view, if I'm going to stay in European football, I want to be really competing at the top? Henderson, I wanted something that would excite me. You'd literally never heard of Al Etifak before Stephen Gerrard went there. So how does that excite you? They're a mid-table Saudi Pro League team. And you and Stevie being there won't change that. And that's not to say those clubs wouldn't excite me because they're great clubs. Have to keep them on side in case you need to come back to England, you see. And they come with really different challenges. But it needed to be something that I felt as though I could add value in and do or try something new, a new challenge, and for different reasons. Brighton in Europe wouldn't have been a new challenge. You know, with Milner and your, your best mate, Lalana, that wouldn't have been a new challenge for you. Or maybe they just didn't want you. As for the opportunity with Stevie in a totally different league, in a totally different culture, that was something completely different that maybe it would excite us in terms of the project that was put in front of us. When he says us, he means me. Or he means him. Uh, in terms of the league and using my experience to try and help with that in many different areas and helping and feeling that people value. Um, I'm not sure you have experience at uh, helping build a football league, Jordan, but, you know. It's nice to feel wanted. I know Stevie really wanted me. I know the club really wanted me to go, but they didn't. Oh, maybe he means Al Etifak wanted him to go. And they wanted to try and build something over the next few years. Yeah, maybe he means Al Etifak wanted him to go there. Something that is here to stay and be one of the best leagues in the world. Well, it it's never going to be one of the best leagues in the world. 
because it's never going to have the respect because it's a very clear sports washing enterprise. Uh, Ornstein, does that value extend to monetary? Because there'll be so many people who will hear you say, I wanted to challenge in the project and Stevie in the excitement, but they'll say he's just gone for the money. Henderson, that was the hardest thing. People will see this club come with loads of money and he's and he's just gone. Yeah, I'm going. But in reality, that wasn't the case at all. People can believe me or not, but in my life and my career, money has never been a motivation. Then why did you run to the media crying in 2021 about a new contract? Why did you do that if money wasn't a motivating factor? Because that was all about a pay rise. Don't get me wrong. When you move, the business deal has to be tight. You have to have financials. You have to feel wanted. You have to feel valued. And money is a part of that. I'd imagine it's a big part of it. But that wasn't the sole reason. And these possibilities came up before money was even mentioned. Crafton, it's been pretty widely reported figures like £700,000 a week or four times what you were earning at Liverpool. Is that true? Henderson, no, I wish it was. No, honestly, those numbers just aren't true. But again, it had to work out for us financially as well. I'm not saying that it didn't, and I'm not saying, oh, I'm not on good money, because it's good money, and it was a good deal. But it wasn't the numbers that were reported, no. Uh, well, the reason those numbers were reported was because your agent leaked them. So that's why those numbers were out there, because your agent was telling people that that's what it was. So this is more lies. Crafton, so you're staying with Stephen and all the conversations you had with him Money was never mentioned to you. Henderson, Stevie never mentioned money. Every time I spoke to Stevie, that was about football and the project. And he actually said he didn't want to get involved in any of the money stuff. It was all about what we could do together to achieve something special and build a club and build the league. Ornstein, it prompted a backlash from fan groups, LGBTQ+, rights groups around Liverpool and the wider game. You'll be... You will have seen many of the comments, absolutely damning. They were urging you not to take it, and they hoped that you would do the right thing in their eyes and reject the move. Did you start to have second thoughts? Were you talking to your wife and your advisors and your friends? Henderson, every day. It was a difficult time, definitely. Don't get me wrong. I don't want people to feel sorry for you. Trust me, Jordan. Nobody feels sorry for you. It was just difficult to make that decision. I've been at the club for so long. A club that I love and have a lot of respect for the fans, the owners, the manager, and my teammates. To leave my teammates was a big thing. But in the end, I felt it was as though it was the right thing for them as well. Oh, so it was completely selfless. So you left and took the big bag of money for the good of your teammates. So you truly are a great captain. But from the outside, and people who don't know me, there's a lot more challenging to understand. There can be a lot of criticism a lot of negativity around me as a person, and that was difficult to take. Well, of course it is. You've got a very carefully sculpted public image, and you've kept the media on board for years and years by giving them well, little tidbits of information here and there, and interviews, of course. But I feel as though, because I do care about the different causes I've been involved in in different communities, I do care. And for people to criticise that and say, I've turned my back on them really, really hurt. But you did turn your back on them. You used the LGBTQ plus community 
as a PR tool to boost your own image. And then you turned your back on them by moving to a country where homosexuality is illegal. So you did turn your back on them. You used them, and then you turned your back on them. Crafton, when you say you were having those second thoughts, what were they about? Henderson, everything about the situation with the LGBTQ community and with everything that has been reported in Saudi, my family, footballing decisions, teammates. And again, I'm not just saying this for people to think, oh, yeah, I'm just trying to give you some insight into what it was like. I spoke to so many different people that I trust who know me, who will challenge me. Crafton, what was it there for that persuaded you? What reassured you? Henderson, I think there was always going to be criticism regardless of what I did, whether I stayed, whether I went. So basically, I had to make a decision what was best for me and my family. I'm not really sure that bringing your family to Saudi is the best move for you or your family. Like, I really am not sure of that. And I'm not saying anything, but like, your kids are, have got to be school age. Now, no, I know they've got schools in Saudi. I know they have. But you've basically pulled your kids out of school away from all of their friends. They're going to go to Saudi now for a couple of years go into a new school, have to make new friends, start all over. Your wife's had to leave all her friends behind. There are quite strict rules for women in Saudi. And then when your contract's up, you're going to leave Saudi and your kids are going to have to come back and start all over again. Like, I don't know that disrupting your kids' schooling is really the best thing for them, but how and ever. So the football side is the football side. So do I go somewhere to try something new, to grow the game that I love in another country, to grow the league into one of the best in the world? That excites me because I want to grow the sport all over the world. I, the ego on this fella is phenomenal. Yeah. Karim Benzema grows the league. Cristiano, for all his failures as a human being, grows the league. You, Jordan, do not grow the league. Obviously, the LGBTQ community... I can understand the frustration. I can understand the anger. I get it. All I can say is that I'm sorry that they feel like that. My intention was never, ever to hurt anyone. I actually do believe that. I do believe he didn't intend to hurt anybody. My intention has always been to help cause in communities where I felt like they'd asked for my help. Now when I was making the decision, the way I tried to look at it was I felt as though by myself not going, we can all bury our heads in the sands in the sand and criticize different cultures and different countries from afar, but then nothing's going to happen. Also, you're going there as an agent for change. So you'll be wearing the rainbow armband and you'll be wearing rainbow laces over there then. Crafton. So what you're saying is that by going and engaging, that it brings a bigger possibility of change in some way. Henderson, I think people know what my views and values were before I left and still do now. And I think having someone with those views and values in Saudi Arabia is only a positive thing. I mean, I'm sure there's loads of people who work in Saudi Arabia in different industries that have those views. But it's not changing anything. Crafton, so I would press you on that. Because we were told that around the World Cup in Qatar, you go, you engage. But I was there in Qatar, walking down the street one day and saw a flag draped 
with a rainbow symbol crossed out with the words that and with words that said not welcome in Qatar. Then supporters were trying to go into the stadiums and they were having rainbow t-shirts taken off them. There was a story about one person being stripped down even and having it taken off them by security guards. So I suppose I'd have to ask, have you actually seen or heard any evidence of this change on this specific uh, issue? Henderson, firstly, I'm not a politician. I never have been and never wanted to be. I never tried to change the laws or rules in England, never mind in a different country where I'm not from. So I'm not saying that I'm going to do that. But what I'm saying is that people know what my values are and the people who know me know what my values are. And my values don't change just because I'm in a different country where the laws of that country might be different. Now, I see that as a positive thing. I see that because from their side, the Saudis, that is, they knew knew that before signing. They knew what my beliefs were. They knew the calls and campaigns I'd done in the past. And not once was it brought up. Not once have they said, you can do this, you can't do that. Oh, brilliant. So you will be wearing the rainbow armband and the rainbow laces. And I think it can only be a positive thing to try and open up like around Qatar. In the end, around Qatar, having the World Cup there shined a light on certain issues where I think in the end, I might be wrong, but they changed some rules and regulations to be able to host the World Cup. And I think that's positive. Yeah, but they've changed them back since. That's the way you try to create a positive change. And I'm, I'm not saying I can do that. I'm one person. Well, that's a big word salad from Jordan there. That's a big word salad skirting around a question. Crafton. At Liverpool, a little thing, which meant a lot to a lot of people that you wore the rainbow laces and the rainbow armband. And during the rainbow laces campaign, when most players sign off a statement or quotes on a club website, you got really engaged. You created expectations. Expectations that people feel that you've not matched up to. So when you say you you would continue to be the same, would you wear the rainbow laces still? Or would you see that as disrespectful to the Saudi Arabian people? Henderson, I wouldn't rule that out. Oh, but you wouldn't rule it in either. But at the same time, what I wouldn't do is disrespect the religion and culture of Saudi Arabia. If we're all saying everybody can be who they want to be and everybody is inclusive, then we'll all have to respect that. We'll have to respect everybody. And by doing something like that, if that did disrespect the religion, then no, I'm not going to do that. But if the opportunity comes where I can do it and it doesn't, then yeah, because that's my values. Baffling. A baffling answer. That strikes at the heart, this is Crafton, that strikes at the heart of the tension here as there are laws in the country. But there are almost certainly gay Muslims in the region of Saudi Arabia and the Gulf who are arguably the most important people in this discussion and feeling the brunt of the situation. To go back on the words you've used in the past, everybody should be able to be themselves. This is where people see the issue. Henderson, yeah, I'm not an expert. I'm learning with this. But the way I'm trying to be is I'm quite a positive person. So I'd like to think by me going with the beliefs and values I have, is that not a positive thing? In what way? Like, in what way is it a positive thing? It, it really speaks badly about you, that you have these beliefs and you've decided to go there. It really, really speaks badly about you. It doesn't say anything promising. Crafton, I don't know. 
<clears throat> Let's take something that happened when Al Etifak announced your signing. There was a video that went around on social media for the club where it looked to a lot of people as though in one of the pictures, your armband, which was rainbow in the original, had been greyed out. It was, that was in all of the pictures. And a lot of people interpreted that to mean that they had censored it or changed it. Do you know whether that was the case? Henderson, I didn't know anything about it until it was out. And it's hard for me to know and understand everything because it's part of the religion. So if I wear the rainbow armband, if that disrespects the religion, then that's not right either. Everybody should be respectful of religion and culture. Right. You don't see the the contradiction in that statement, Jordan. That's what I think we're all trying to fight for here in terms of inclusion and everything. You know, years ago, for instance, women and kids probably couldn't play football. But now I'm over here and there's loads of women and girls playing football. So slowly things can change. I can't promise anything. But what I, can, what I can do is sit here and say I have my values and my beliefs. And I strongly strongly believe that me playing in Saudi Arabia is a positive thing. Ornstein, do you think holding those beliefs is respected by the Saudis and the people who are employing you? Will they be unhappy to hear these words? Henderson, there's never been any mention of you can do this, you can't do that. You can say this, you can't say that. It's basically you have your values and beliefs which we will respect, but our, but you respect our values and beliefs, and surely that's the way it should be. I mean, Jesus, what? He doesn't see the problem here. Crafton. This is something we heard a lot during the World Cup in Qatar, about having to respect the culture. When we talk about culture, I think of food, music, sport, art. And when I think about being a gay person, and for those that don't know, Adam Crafton is, is an openly gay man, which is not something where you've woken up one day and decided you want to get into it. It's something that you are born as. You can't change it. So therefore, when people describe homosexuality as a culture, I think gay people really struggle with that because you're basically been told that you have to accept living a life where you're illegal. Henderson took a long pause here and said, now, I totally understand that. And I couldn't imagine how they must feel. And that's why I've had so much sympathy. And the last thing I want to do is upset you or anyone who's part of the LGBTQ plus community. All I've ever tried to do is help. And when I've been asked to help, I've gone above and beyond. I've worn the laces, I've worn the armband, I've spoken to people in the community to try and use my profile to help them. That's all I've ever tried to do. I'm not going to sit here and say, why are they criticizing me? I understand it. These are all the things I was thinking about, and I do care. When I hear stuff like, you've turned your back on us, that hurts me. I do care. I have family and friends in the LGBT community, uh, LGBTQ plus community. Um, but you did turn your back on them. So, I mean, they're not saying something that's not true. You absolutely did turn your back on them. Crafton, what have they said to you? Henderson, they know me, so it's not an issue. There were people I spoke to. They were people I spoke to before I made the decision. I'm comfortable knowing exactly what I am and exactly what I stand for. But I get that and I can accept not everyone's going to get that. So that's why I feel I can only apologize to those people if they feel like that. Well, do you know what? This all rings very hollow because you could have given this interview back in July and explained your decision then and maybe sat down with some of those groups and explained your decision. But it all rings very hollow when in September 
you want to speak about it. You know? Um, Crafton, what would you say to those people who just say you were completely genuine in terms of the engagement you made and things that you did to support LGBTQ, but then, as might be the case with loads and loads of people, there's just a point where a sum of money comes along where it's simply too hard to say no to. Is the most honest answer here, I've been really genuine, but actually there's an offer on the table and maybe most people in this position would do the same. Henderson, it would be easier for me to say that, but that's not true. It's not the case because money wasn't mentioned until after the event. I could have stayed at Liverpool and earned a lot of money. And if people don't believe that, then there's nothing I can do. Yeah, but not as much money is the thing. Crafton, I don't want to dwell on this topic too much longer because I feel the intensity here now. But just a, a really almost yes or no question, as part of your agreement, will you receive payments for any sort of social media posts promoting the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia? Henderson, no. Ending contractually was all to do with football. But there's a lot of stuff that gets reported in the media and social media. I've learned over the years that you don't know what's true and what's not. Well, to be fair, it wasn't actually reported at all around Henderson's deal that he'd be getting one of those social media type deals the way Neymar and Cristiano did. So he obviously turned down that. Well, actually, he's not playing for a PIF club, so that wouldn't be a factor here. Um. So you've got to go and experience it for yourself. See, my reported wages, for one, thats they're not true. I see stuff about me that's just not true. There are lo- loads of things. Do we sit over in the UK, just criticise everything that goes on in the Middle East, when really, when you're there, it's not quite like that? And I found out over the past few weeks, the perception that I've seen in the media here compared to the reality over, what compared to what the reality is over there, is not the same. Ornstein. There was an article I read before this interview that sort of said that you're being used, not just you, but others as well, to help grow the league. And this is part of an attempt to improve the country's image. Did it ever get to a point where you listen to the people that you were talking to before, members of the LGBTQ plus community, and think, I can't do this? Henderson, it's hard to know what the reality is and what's not true. Because you hear about stuff and you're like, is that true? But when you speak to the people who are close to me and have had the experiences over in Saudi or in the Middle East, it's like, well, actually, that's that's not the same. A perfect example would be Qatar. We had a meeting with the FA about human rights, about the issues around stadiums. I think it might have been Amnesty who sent the images and stuff. And then an hour later, I get into a press conference with some of the media and I've commented on the situation. I was like, well, it was quite shocking and horrendous. And that was quite hard for us to see. But then I went to Qatar and we had the experience we had at the World Cup where you meet the workers there and it was totally different. <clears throat> That's because you meet the workers they want you to meet, Jordan. You didn't meet the workers who died, did you? Imbecile. I suppose people would come back and say you were presented in, within Qatar as a high-profile footballer was always going to be a different choreographed, manicured perception. Henderson, I'm not saying that it wasn't true. All of this stuff might have been. But when you go there and experience it yourself, it's totally different. Now, what I would say is that if, let's say, all of those things are true, is it not good that that it highlights the problems and we're trying to make positive change slowly? You know, Qatar made rule and regulation changes to the World Cup. Is that not a positive thing? That's the second time he said that. 
is that not what we want? Other, otherwise, we, if we don't have the World Cup there and nobody goes there, there's nothing really change. Nothing really changes for the people that are living there. Like you mentioned before, if you have gay Muslims in those countries, nothing's changing. Even looking in this country, I'm sure same-sex marriage nine, ten years ago wasn't legal. But in the time, things change. Things evolve. Things open up. And I hope, hopefully, that that's the case everywhere. That's what I want. Crafton, so as the Saudi League infrastructure starts to grow, what are the things that you've been impressed by? And what are the things that can still get better? Henderson, I think there's a lot to improve in terms of infrastructure and facilities, but that's ongoing. You're seeing the different training grounds, the gyms, all of that sort of stuff to get it up to a level where it needs to be. And I can see them working on it now, which is good. Ornstein, I'm sure it would have been tricky for you and many others at the start, acclimatizing to the weather, to the facilities when you've come from the top of the Premier League. But you, were you pleased when you went? Is it going to be huge? Henderson, I'm trying to embrace it. It's totally different in terms of culture, living, nighttime training, going to bed late, waking up during the day. Crafton, are you being recognized? Henderson, yeah, a bit. I thought I'd come over under the radar, but people are coming over. Sometimes they're not asking for a photo. It's just like, welcome to Saudi. Hope you enjoy your experiences here. I've had loads of that, and that's a really positive thing for me. And honestly, and I'm not just saying this, the people have been amazing so far. Crafton, if you were to go back to Anfield, given everything that happened over the last couple of months, would you have any anxiety in terms of a negative reaction? To be honest, Adam, the negative reaction, I think a lot of it is on social media and in the media, which I don't get involved with. Really? You've you've been involved with the media for the last 10 years to create this image of yourself, so that's a lie. When I've seen people around, they all wish me the very best, even Liverpool fans. I dedicated my life for 12 years to the club. I gave them everything, and I would do it all again if I could go back. I think they know that. They appreciate that. I have no concerns about the opportunity or if they welcome me back to say goodbye because that does hurt me a little bit that I didn't get to say goodbye properly to the fans. Crafton, have you done a testimonial? Henderson, no. But I've had the opportunity to do something, whether that will be a testimonial or just go back to say goodbye. I think that will be good and nice for me to do because that does hurt. Ornstein, England's LGBTQ plus community, oh, sorry, plus fan group, um, have been quite vociferous in the last 24 hours saying there'll be no more cheering, no more banner with your face on. They're urging their group to turn their back on the pitch as they feel you've turned your back on advocating human rights. It's interesting the way that Crafton and Ornstein did this interview. It was almost like there was times where Henderson got really agitated, so they walked it back and then started to press him again. Uh, Henderson, it hurts to hear that. I do care. I'm not one of those people who goes home, forgets about everything, and is just like, I'm fine, my family is fine, just crack on. I do think about things a lot, but at the same time, I know people can look at it like that and they're entitled to their opinion. They're entitled to feel that like that. All I can say is that I apologize. I'm sorry that I made them feel that way, but I've not, I haven't changed as a person. Crafton, did you speak to Garrett Southgate during the transfer? to check with where you stand. 
you said you were worried about how being on the bench in England may affect your England chances. Being on the bench at Liverpool might affect your England chances. Some people might say going off to Saudi Arabia presents the same issue. Henderson, I spoke to the manager who was very good. It wasn't so much to check because I knew I didn't really want to put him in the position where he would guarantee I'd be playing for England. He couldn't do that. Ultimately, I backed myself in terms of fitness, in terms of desire, and in terms of keeping in the right shape. Ornstein, is there anything else you want to say to people? Henderson, no, just thanks for taking the time. I don't want a pat on the back or anything. You're not going to get one, Jordan. Jesus Christ. But I could easily have not done anything. <laughs> yeah, you could have hidden from the journalist for the three months, I suppose. Uh, I could have gone with another journalist. He gestures at Adam, which is a little bit unfortunate, who I may have had a relationship with and been more protected. Ah. Well, there's many of them, isn't there? Like your good friend, Ollie Holt. Ollie Kay. Dominic King. James Pierce. All these lads you've finessed over the years. But I felt as though this felt right because I wanted to learn as well because it's hard for me to hear some of the stuff that I've heard and I want to learn why that's the case and how I can help people moving forward. People can make their mind up. Jesus wept. That is a train wreck of an interview. That is an absolute train wreck of an interview. Whew. You know what? Credit to the Athletic Boys. Credit to Adam Crafton and David Ornstein. They didn't sugarcoat it. They didn't lob him any softballs. They pressed him. And the answers he gave. I mean, talk about it being as disconnected from reality as possible. There's nothing more for today, folks. That's it. I'll see you all tomorrow. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free... Sports Social Podcast Network.